Thanks for listening to the Roman Circus Podcast, a weekly dive into death-defying discussions of Catholic culture, tradition, and history. I'm Matt Baker, and with me, as always, is our own kid gorgeous, Zach Mabry. Zach, how are you, my friend? I am new in town. I <laughs> I guess I don't want to say any other ones, but um, I'm doing good. I'm doing well. Um, you know, just living the Christmas, the Advent spirit, rather. How about you? I'm doing fine. Uh, as you can hear, Zach's audio is a little different because his computer doesn't connect to the internet. I know. Only in safe mode. I, I need somebody that's good at computers to explain this to me. Uh, if you're good at computers and want to explain it, explain it to Zach, email us, podcast at romancircusblog.com. We're on Twitter, Roman, at Roman Circus Pod. I'm at Hey, it's Matt Baker. Zach is at Zach Mabry, Z-A-C Mabry. We are on Patreon, patreon.com slash Roman Circus Pod. And uh, we're, wherever podcasts are. Now, we're going to talk to our pal, Jeremy McClellan. But before we get to that, just a, just a warning if you're listening to this with younger people, we do talk about certain topics that um, if your parents, you might not want them to listen to. Uh, just wanted to give you all that warning. It's not super bad, right. but just wanted to respect the space. Yes. Um, and to be clear, we're kind of talking substance abuse is sort of the, um, that's, since we're that's, discussing news stories that's so a, along those that, lines. That's the phrase I was looking for. I don't know. Just what to I, narrow down the, the pot, like everyone's like uh, now they're super tuned in. So just to uh, let out the excitement, we're, we're just going substance abuse uh, uh, among just, many other topics. Yeah. Just for some of you that have pretended, uh, have pretended to your children that the Trump presiden- presidency didn't exist. We will be talking about Donald Trump and the presidency. Amazing. That, that was so like you the, saw, did I send you that? Uh, I saw it floating around. So for anyone that doesn't know what we're talking about, there was this mom who successfully, at least she thinks, over the past four years prevented- Successfully her children. Yeah. So she didn't allow any of her kids to know that Trump became president. They all thought that it just was still Obama. And she kind of, uh, in her post, talked through how she did that, like how she prevented any news from making it into the house with her Mm -hmm. family. Um, So- I'm kind of impressed, even though people pointed out that's probably bad. Um, but I mean, it's not like it. Ma- I, it's also sort of proof it doesn't matter, right? Like if it was a huge deal, she wouldn't have possibly been able to have hidden it. Um, but yeah. yeah, so she um, she successfully for four years pulled off that Trump never became president, and then her kid is excited for President-elect Biden to take over, having been vice president for the past, uh, I guess, twelve years. So beautiful. Uh, yes. Well, we can talk more about that on Patreon, but uh, this is a great interview with Jer- or more of a chat with Jeremy, not, you know, whatever you want to call it, but we do get into some good stuff and uh, we're glad to have it. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Zach, we here at the Roman Circus Podcast, we we don't fancy ourselves that funny. We think we are just normal people doing God's work uh, and we rely on the humor for the rest of our friends, including this one, back for his second appearance on the Roman Circus podcast. It's comedian of the century. It's gonna ha- that's gonna happen. It's uh, <laughs> it'll be named later. Previewing. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Jeremy McClellan. Welcome Woo! back, Jeremy. Oh, it's so good to be here, Jeremy. Is it really only me. your second time? 
It, it, it is. It is. Yeah. Wow. The rest of the time, I'm just sitting by my computer, just waiting for people to invite me on their podcast. And, and I feel like we always uh, quote you, and maybe that's mm. why it seems like you've been on here more. I yeah. think that should be uh, not allowed. I think if you're going to quote me, you have to actually have me on. Yeah. That's fair. Matt, what's the most anyone's been on our podcast? Like, who's who's got that record currently? Uh, you and me. We've been well, on course. every episode. <laughs> well, not me. So actually, yeah. um, you're... You hold the record, and then I'm in second place. Yeah, I think third place is either Father Anthony or Father Harrison, I think, and then the Helmicks, I think, are right there. Okay, and then Caitlin was on quite a bit. Yeah, Caitlin's up there, too. Nice. Yeah, Friends of the pod. Yeah. Um, so we're ripping yeah. and roaring, ready to close out 2020. It's uh, going great. Everything, mm-hmm. everything has been great. We Everything's fine. Uh, yeah, being a comedian, being a stand-up comedian specifically in 2020 must be never been like a, a dream. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, yeah, a lot of, uh, yeah, it's, it's, no, it's, it's the worst thing in the world. <laughs> and well, it's interesting because like in my, uh, I, I spend a lot of time just as a person and I've always been like this since I was little, um, sort of brainstorming, uh, like, like running simulations, but like, what's the worst thing that could happen? Right. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, like we go someplace and I'll run like, you know, tw- like a, like a hundred scenarios in my head about what could happen. And I'll like try and plan for that. Um, I've, I never, I always thought that like my career would get hurt by like being canceled, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah, I definitely I, thought that I, about you. And I thought I made myself like fairly immune to that. Um, uh, not that I could by being not, by being a white male. No, but like I, my fan base, um, I, I I don't think like the kinds of things that I would get canceled for would offend my fan base too much. Um, it is like true my, that you you do like set yourself up with cancellation, like on who you allow your fan, like who not just allow, but like who your fans are, who you associate with. Like you can definitely um, make yourself a lot more cancelable by. Uh, running in certain crowds mm-hmm. yeah and, and the main i mean the main uh thing as far as being cancelable is when your entire success is tied to an institution um then oh, i thought you were gonna that, i thought like, you were gonna say women but <laughs> i guess that's no, true. no no like when you're like if you're if you're uh like you know somebody who works for snl or something right so like somebody who writes for snl uh they are vulnerable because a big enough um mob could uh could get them like, fired impact up. you know could get them fired right so when you are at the at the mercy of a corporation or something like a committee that is risk averse then you're very vulnerable and i i intentionally made that not the case um where like i i don't know who people would call to cancel me um and uh so basically when karen wants to speak to a manager of jeremy mcclellan mm -hmm. there's no one she can call right there's no one she can i mean she could call every single one of my fans and try to like convince them not to like me um but the organizations that i am a part of um or that i have done a lot of stuff for like uh you know muslim organizations and stuff like they um I have such a good relationship with them that like, it would be pretty rare uh, for some, uh, I mean, unless I said something out of character, but I don't usually say things that are like super out of character. So 
Um, that I thought was, you know, that was the scenario. That was the, you know, the, the war game uh, that I was running um, for my career. And then the pandemic, I'm like, oh, I can't travel. Like, that sucks. Like, yeah. and, and then that was it. And like, uh, I did not see this coming at all. Yeah, like I prepared for the pandemic with um, clinical depression. Like mm-hmm. when they're like, don't leave your house, don't be around people, don't go out to eat. Like I was like, oh, I've done this. Like I've been here. Yeah. <laughs> I've, got, I, I've got this like rehearsed. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, it was pretty rough. That does, you know, um, it does seem like it would be tough because even like when you watch comedians on like really well-made comedy specials, Mm-hmm. Like it can be funny, but then when you go in person, it's like, I mean, you're just sort of like laughing the whole time. I mean, even if you watch the playback of, of a comedy show you've seen in person, it's kind of like, well, that was like really yeah. funny in the moment. Right. And then it, yeah, yeah, even playback when you've I've got the to... laugh and you've got all that going on, it's just like. Yeah, that's why, that's why the, like the streaming stuff hasn't really worked um, as well as people want it to, because you can, um, I mean, it is what it is and you like to do what you can, but, uh, um, and it's enjoyable, but like, like the first few shows that I did that were sort of, um, that were streamed like to colleges, um, where people were like, it was basically a zoom, like it was a zoom meeting and there were all these people and, uh, but everyone had their mics muted. And so like, I would do, I would do a joke and no one would laugh. And I'm just, I'm primed to just feel suffering Mm -hmm. when that happens, you know, it's not, (laughs) uh, I mean, it's, it's like an indictment on a thing you spent hours right. crafting right yeah and, and it's dangerous to do that because you'll end up losing <laughs> losing confidence in that material when it actually is good material so well so when you've like worked out a set that you're performing live um like obviously it's not you're not just winging it but how much does audience feedback is it is it a little bit of a choose your own adventure like if the audience just totally is not vibing with yeah it is um, specific things and cut those things or not call back to them or like it is what right i mean it, it's what's well, it's also just i have a bad memory and i know the general story that i want to tell in in my stand-up people have different ways of structuring their set i like it uh to sort of be um a, a story um uh you know to like to have a narrative arc to it um and yeah so I, I know that arc and I have it committed by heart and I know how to get, if, if I lose my place, I know how, I know how to get back to it. Um, but uh, I, I don't have a good, like work, like, like working memory. I can't remember like an entire hour of material. I can't memorize like a set list. Um, and so usually I have a set list like on a stool um, and then I have like a, like water on the set list. And then whenever I take a drink of the water, it's I'm, I'm looking at the set list and those are just like words, you know, it'll be like, like SUNY, right? And that, like, the, I know that means like a, a bit, right? So, uh, right. The gym yeah, bit. So, Sorry, I don't want to give away your comedy, but I've yeah, well, yeah. I mean, like, the, yeah. So, so those, those, uh, set lists, um, like, I'll, I'll, like, I'll have that as backup, but it's almost, I, I enjoy it. It's, it's, it's way more fun just to, uh, like, and I've, I've done this a bunch of times where I just go out and I say a joke and then I just say the next joke I think of. And I just do that for like an hour. And, and that, mm. that's a lot of fun. Uh, but I mean, the risk is, is that I think it's, it, it's, it's disjointed. 
Um, yeah. The audience has no idea. And I, I always have to remind myself the audience doesn't know what I'm going to say. So they're not like, aha, this, you, you know. Do you pick um, your spots with that? Like if you go up in front of a, if you're invited somewhere where you know that they, I guess like they want you there, they've asked you to come. Do you, do you pick mm-hmm. your spots that or like if you go to a random show saying, what do you, what do you mean by pick your spots? Like when you're, you're saying like, you kind of, you kind of say things on the fly a little, like, do you, mm-hmm. as far as like, do you do that depending on the crowd? Like if you know, it's a crowd that kind of invited oh, you, yeah, for sure. you to be there and yeah. Right. One of yeah. What, yeah. one of my favorite Mitch Hedberg things was when he looked down at his notes and he just says, it says T ski here. I don't know why it says <laughs> that. I don't know yeah. why it says T ski, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It's I, you're, I've thought about I've thought about you a few times, Jeremy, during the pandemic, oh. but just how like, and we talked about this briefly before even Zach logged on. Like you're just not, and I don't. I mean, I'm just gonna say it, and I know there are other people like it, in worse it, positions, but you're just not built for this quarantine. No, yeah, and it. I know that kind of. I don't want it to diminish people who are like have pre-existing conditions and all that stuff. But as far as like your career and your mentality, mm-hmm. and it's just. So it's, no, I love, I love adventure. I love, um, I mean, my whole thing is like, I just say yes to any show really. Um, and the only, the only time I ever said no to a show was like autism speaks asked me to do an event. Yeah. And, and they're pretty bad. uh, Right. And I was like, and I was like, you need to pay me a hundred thousand dollars. And they were like, um, and then I was like, don't worry. it's, It's the most you've ever spent on someone with autism. And they, they like, didn't like that at all. And uh, yeah, that, that was, but I was just they're like, like the only, yeah. they're the only charitable organization I've heard of that like, doesn't want you to list off their accomplishments. Cause like all of them are bad. Well, it's also, um, I mean, it's the only, I mean, Autism Speaks is the only advocacy organization that is universally reviled by the people they claim to advocate for. Yeah. That's a, that was an interesting thing. I didn't know until recently. So strange, um, but you know it's uh, like yeah, yeah. It's but, funny but like I, that... I, so I say yes to to any like to any show, and whenever I'm in a city, I say yes to any invitation. Uh, I joke about like going over to people's houses during my show, and so then always afterwards, somebody invites me over, and like I always say yes, and like I love that. I love that. I love I love acquaintances. I love meeting new people that I'm never going to see again, and. Uh, like I love traveling to like cities I've never been to and like, it's, it's great. Um, and I, I mean, I need that constant stimulation, that constant sense of adventure. And during, you know, at the beginning of quarantine, I was telling myself like, uh, it's so great just to have time to spend with my wife and kids. Right. And, um, and then I realized that, I was feeling guilty for wanting more, like for, for, for not being satisfied with that. And that's nonsense. You know, like it's, I, I do want more. I do. And my wife and kids can come, like they've, they've come with me. Like my, uh, this is before Johnny was born, but my wife and uh, uh, six month old Jewel, uh, like toured with me in, in the UK um, mm-hmm. for like three weeks. And then we, and then we went to Rome. It was awesome. Um, yeah. So it's, Which it, the UK, so it's not, now that it's got- not like, What's that? Well, now that they've got super COVID, I feel like no one's going back right. to the UK much uh, longer. I know. 
but I, I, I love that. And I love, um, uh, so like it's, it's not wanting to be like away from my wife and kids. It's just wanting to be out. And like, I want to be the one making decisions without, without, you know, about like what to do next. Uh, and I love it. Um, and quarantine just sucks. Like I hate just being at home. Um, just the same thing every single day, Groundhog Day year. Um, so it's funny because like when anybody hard. expresses that, it's always like, well, say that to someone who died or like mm-hmm. say that to a doctor. And it's like, I would, I mean, I, I, I hope, will. you know, like, I don't think that they're, I don't think doctors think this is cool. Like, I don't, I mean, yeah. I, you know, like it's not very pleasant either way. Um, I hate yeah. the, I mean, well, one thing I hate is when, uh, like it's okay to, um, like this is, this is totally unrelated, but like, you know, social conservatives who think that it's, it's wrong to, um, like for like that homosexual sex is wrong. Right. Um, like you can believe that, but like, don't act like you're not asking somebody to give something up. Like, right. And I, I think like, and I hate that attitude just always. And I've really hated that attitude this year with like, with the pandemic where it's like, don't act like you're not asking people to give something up. Like even with masks, they're like, masks are no big deal. Shut up. And it's like, you know, if you didn't like wearing masks, it would be really awful to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Like it's this thing on your face and like, it's just, it's, you, you might feel humiliated. Like and people, people have all kinds of reasons for hating masks and like, just don't, you know, I think people should wear masks, but like, don't pretend, don't act like you're not asking something. And yeah. I, I hate that. You know, it's like, instead like, of just wearing a mockery mask of sucks. people. Yeah, well, that, I mean, wearing that's a mask the... sucks. And people are like, I love knowing that I'm saving a life. And I just, I put it on yeah. knowing that when I'm, and it's like, no, okay, it sucks. Well, nobody like, thinks that you know, Like everybody hates wearing masks. Well, we've talked about right, on the your, podcast. Your glasses fog up. Yeah. The worst thing, I like just the thing that got me heated the most this year, well, amongst a few things, was, was getting COVID. Yeah, well, no, is Christine Rousseau like her <laughs> drama with her her yeah. dad passing away and not be able to have a mm, have right. a funeral, and then con- she just like is being denied a funeral for her father, where they and the funeral would be very small, right? And the whole time she would she would blast out pictures of these gatherings and be like, yeah, I still can't right. have a funeral for mm-hmm. my dad and people would be like there are much there are people like way way off way worse off this and that and it's like well that's like it's her experience and it's her thing right. she's going through and it's like the worst thing in her life currently right yeah she's and, not required this is something i'm thinking about a lot and I, I think i mentioned to zach at uh at kev's wedding where it's like you're like you're like you're allowed to just uh be like in first person you don't have to like be in third person analyzing like, you know, if, if something sucks, you can just complain about it. That's fine. Like, well, sure, because we, I mean, that's you, what we've you, been told. You don't have to like zoom out. You don't have to zoom out and be like, well, I hate, I am suffering. However, if you think in the abstract, like, you don't have to do that. Like there's no one is required to, to analyze their own experience as if they're a sociologist. Just if, if it yeah. sucks, it sucks. Yeah, and I, I do think that you add a lot of your to your own suffering when you try to get to, um, I think your wording that you said at the time was like when you try to think of yourself as a type of something. like Yes, yes, you're as an example like, of something. Yeah, like instead of being like, well, the, I had this, it's like, well, I'm 
you know, I'm this age and I have, or don't have this condition. And, you know, I mean, it's like, I think you just add to like, to me, that's like, you're sort of setting yourself up to start spiraling. Cause you're like preloading right. the spiral. Um, yeah. Cause, cause, cause like not only are you suffering, but you are alienated from your own suffering. You aren't even allowed to have it. Um, and you feel, you feel guilty for your, for your own suffering. And that's, that's the worst. I know. And it's kind of like, it, we've been told don't feel guilty for X. Don't feel guilty for feeling your feelings this way. And this whole thing has been flipped on its head, right? Like if you're not feeling guilty for something else and you need to feel guilty, I don't know. It's right. Like what happened to the whole, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be the, it's like, it's not okay because you're, you know, you haven't had your arms ripped off. So you're not allowed to be upset right. about X, Y, Z. Yeah. It's been a weird, I mean, cause when this all started, I think we all thought it'd be maybe a month or two. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like at the beginning, I didn't think it was going to last this long. Now I assume it's never going away, but before, and it, there was just like, you know, like a certain amount of just coping everyone was going to do for a few weeks and then we'd move on. But now that it's like a lifestyle, I mean, mm-hmm. I've already seen people on the timeline being like, stop posting excuses for your murderously irresponsible Christmas travel. Oh yeah. gosh. And it's like, we're going to have to revisit our definitions on murder people, but <laughs> it's, yeah. um, I mean, it, it's just like, it's it just become very insane. And then when you add all the preexisting insanity, it, it's like, it's made it even worse. And it, it's been odd watching yeah. like just with the vaccine. Okay. So first it gets developed and we've got Trump as president. So it's rushed and this is Trump's, you know, trying to cling to power. And so the right's for mm-hmm. and the left's against it. And then, then it gets released and people are like weird about it. And so now it's like, okay, well, the anti-vaxxers are the right and then the, the left are for it. And then they're like, okay, well, we want, like, we don't, people like don't even want to take the vaccine, but then they find right. out that maybe it's being prioritized to like frontline workers or in some cases like prioritized to like racial minorities. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Comedians. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or it's like being prioritized to racial minorities and they're mad about that. And it's like, you didn't even want to take this vaccine. So like, why are you right. mad if black people are getting priority on it? And then, and then, you know, the politicians go out and get it. And I'm sitting there like, well, okay, that's obvious propaganda. But then people mm-hmm. like Omar Tlaib is yelling at, or no, um, Elon, <laughs> hello. Elon Omar, Omar is yelling at um, uh, AOC for getting the vaccine first and i'm like i mean it's a brand new medicine like that's that's scary like i like yeah. you don't have to be an anti-vaxxer to think well that's freaky like i'm just gonna shoot myself up with this twice and we it just got invented you know not five right. days ago and it's crazy how everybody is like everybody wants to be opposed to something and take a side but it's so at this point disjointed that like so the vaccine that you're against but you're for it because it was trump but you don't want to get it but mm-hmm. you're mad that they're getting it before you and it, it's like pick a struggle folks like i i yeah. don't even know like the way the rollout i don't know why people have opinions about the rollout like they're mad because some people are getting it and some people aren't getting it but it's being mass produced so like everyone's going to have access to it but it's it they like it looks bad for you know mitch mcconnell to get it before like some nurse but it, it's like well who yeah. can, like in two weeks they're all going to have it like i don't i don't know why you've got to like figure in an opinion on this yeah we just love yeah. having opinions, Zach. Think pieces. Think pieces. So, so yeah. Oh, you were going to say it. We almost did the lead in at the same time. That was cute. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> not, now not every stand-up comedian is having a, a perfect best year of their life. Um, as That's you may right. have seen from the news, 
uh, fellow Catholic boy, or I guess he's still Catholic, um, John Mulaney, the uh, the new kid in town, has uh, returned. He's got he's checked. I don't know if it's back into rehab or this is his first time into rehab, but uh, whether whether this is whether new or returning, um, he's in rehab for. Uh, they said cocaine and alcohol. Mm. Um, so basically sure. an, an upper and a downer. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, so given that you're a comedian, that you're Catholic, we thought we'd, you know, call you on to the, in, into yeah, the show so. to, to unpack this and kind of look mm-hmm. into this with us. For sure. You know, like my first reaction to it was, I think there's a genre of news where this is common. It's like, you know, when you hear that somebody, um, like, like if I told you guys that I was just diagnosed with cancer and I started chemotherapy today, right? Um, your reaction to that would be like, oh my gosh, like that's, that's horrible. Like, I'm so sorry, right? But like the, the bad part is that I had cancer like before this. <laughs> um, right. That's mm-hmm. the bad thing. Like the, the news today is great. <laughs> like, I, like being diagnosed is great. Um, you know, it's, it just so happens that you can't like, come out and say that you have undiagnosed cancer, right? It's impossible. So like it's, and so it's like, like, like John Mulaney, you know, you find out that he's in rehab and like uh, people's first reaction a lot of times is like, um, oh, that's so sad. Or I didn't know he was like struggling with this or, you know, I thought he beat it or whatever bullshit, you know, people have, but like, it's, it's not like, it's good news that he went to, that he's going to re in the rehab. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Better than the alternative. Sure. Right. Right. So, yeah. um, yeah, my reaction is just like, you know, awesome. Good for him. And I've never been to rehab, but I've, you know, struggled with alcohol a lot and I quit for three years and I started drinking again during quarantine. And like, I am now one month sober and like, it's, it's an ongoing struggle and it sucks. And like what sucks, I think is that like, you know, nobody ever told me that I had like a drinking problem. Right. Mm. And um, if anything, they were like, they, they would tell me whenever I was no, drunk, like, no, you know, you're, you're awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or no, they would just tell me that, oh, you're you know, gotcha. like, um, man, I love you having you here. Like, why aren't you more, you know, like this more stuff like oh, that. Gotcha. And like, so, and, and so like, but then when you quit drinking, if you say that you quit drinking, that signals something like dire, like then, then people's imagination starts, you know, running rampant and they're like, Oh goodness. Like, uh, um, like, I I wonder what happened. Like, you know, he, maybe he, he must've had like a really serious, you know, it's like, you know, you don't need an excuse to not drink poison, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. but like it's, it's so, uh, yeah. I don't know. Well, like like, whenever I do any kind of like temporary, you know, like quit drinking for 30 days or, like I'll quit having mm. caffeine or sure. Like people are always like, Oh, that's great. But then if you do that with alcohol, they're like, Oh no, like what, what happened? So well, like, everything like, has to be a thing. And that's, that's... Can go back. And it's like, yeah, like, people don't have boundaries scheduled. Right. But like, it, it doesn't get really grave like, like... and they get nervous. They're like, Oh, can I have a drink in front of you? Or like, is it okay if I drink <laughs> or does it bother you that I drink Oh, for sure. Yesterday? Yeah. Well, because what they're worried about is maybe uh, <laughs> like, m- if you describe your drinking problem, it might be like not as bad as w- what they do on a regular basis. <laughs> so valid. 
We have a nice set of perspectives here because Matt has never been a drinker. Is that correct, Matt? Yeah. And I get it from that. I get the other side of like, Oh, are you, is it, is it all right? Like, don't they, they don't want me to judge them. Like, Oh, I've heard a lot of like, Oh, I, I usually, I don't drink this much usually, or like, I don't drink like things like that. And it, it has calmed down the older we get because people don't care and they just know that's what I do. But you know, like mainly college, there was a lot of that in college and there, there was a lot of like people getting blasted and being like, good for you when they find out I don't drink. And I'm just like, I don't know, man, it's not really anything for me. It's not like yeah. that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not doing it to like gain curry favor and applause. Like you can do it too. Right. Yeah, I feel it's like when annoying. you say you've never drank, the immediate reaction is like, oh no, like I wonder, is it like when he was a kid, did his parents like murder suicide in front of them after drinking? Well, they, you know, they, like it's just they, one of those where like you think there's some traumatic past of why somebody won't touch it. They always and ask so, if it's religious. They're like, oh, is it because you're religious? And I say, I am religious, but my religion drinks a lot. So like that's it, right. That's always the go-to on that, but. Yeah, my, my, my two big enemies in my life is alcohol and carbs. And yeah. uh, I converted to a religion where that's God. <laughs> like, <laughs> so bizarre. Right. You know? Alcohol and what? But carbs. Carbs. Oh, I think it's cards. No, oh, gotcha. Like I thought you meant carbs. Like playing cards because, like, right, the Baptist right. didn't used to let you do that. And this yeah. is an example of why Jeremy hates doing comedy over Zoom, folks. That's right. That's right. What was that? What was yeah. that? Yeah. Repeat that, repeat. But it, uh, okay, so the, the quarantine you're doing a thing, comedy set, you're like, I'm going to share my screen. Um, can <laughs> yeah. everybody see my screen now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, so, you know, I, I've, I like John Mulaney and I've liked him for a while. I know he can kind of be looked at as a basic, basic girl comedy. I know some people think, and he's kind of, is what I think is. he's. I mean, I think he's the most talented comedian working today. Yeah, he because it's not just his stand-up. I mean, his stand-up is very accessible, but it's also like, like the, like the show that he did. Oh, hello on yeah, Netflix. Yeah, I, I saw brilliant. that twice in L.A. And he's and, he so isn't he behind that yeah. pervert con- the the pervy cartoon? Yeah, sure. It's not all. Big it's mouth. not all sw- hits. It's, oh yeah, the pedophile okay. um, but cartoon on Netflix. But yeah. yeah, it's so he. I think he's great, and I. I mean, you can see he's kind of open about his issues and his comedy and he's open about mm-hmm. a lot of things. And I don't, I mean, I guess from a, I guess from a standpoint of a comedian, that's how you can cope and that's how you can kind of push your process along. And I'm sure. Is, is, is what doing, doing drugs or something? Yeah, no, it, it joking about it in your set. Like that's how you can mm-hmm. kind of keep your, maybe keep yourself honest. I don't know. This is kind of mm-hmm. a question. Like, but then with quarantine, now that he's not doing it, like it's very, he, I think he said, right? Like, or his rep said that it was basically like quarantine boredom and like quarantine mm-hmm. sadness, For sure. right? So yeah. it, uh, but like, so he does joke in his set about doing a lot of cocaine in college and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like, is, is what are they, is their representation they're making? Are they saying that he was like clean and then quarantine happened and he's like, What's I mean, this he's, cocaine stuff, and then I think he he he's from what I was trying to see. It looked like he had kicked it for a while. I'm I'm sure it had been back for a little bit longer. Like it's not just something he picked up in July. Well, how long he's been doing it, I think, is just that's just his business. I mean, like right, you know, sure, like, like when yeah. he relapsed and stuff, and like you know, I, I think that 
I mean, and I admit, like, I mean, when I first heard about him and stuff, like, it's like, you know, oh, was he doing cocaine during this special? And like, oh, wow, he really had a lot of energy in that special, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> but like, that's also the kind of, um, uh, like, I, it would be very dangerous for John Mulaney to attribute his success to cocaine. Um, then he would never get off it. Right. It's like right. fat. It's like fat comics who think that if they're become thin, they won't be funny mm -hmm. anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, well, but okay. So, Are there's, is there a possibility of that though? Like at the end of the day, is it possible that, um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be John Mulaney. We can speak abstract. So we're not like, mm -hmm. but like, is it possible that, without um, the, the boost from, you know, doing cocaine or using some kind of drug that he's not very funny or he's not very talented. Like, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I, I don't think people just get into drugs because they think I want to mess my life up. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I'm torn, I'm torn about this because like, you know, I, like, there's what I just said, you know, about how, how dangerous it would be to attribute um, his success to, to cocaine at the same time. Like, again, this is like what I was mentioning earlier. It's like, he's giving something up. Like, you know, and I think that, um, like, let, let's just use me as an example. Cause we can't, we can't act like John Mulaney's not here to like ask him about that. But right. like, um, like I, I don't perform well drunk, but I do write well drunk because, um, it's just, it unlocks something. And I'm just, I have no anxiety at all about what I'm saying. Ah, um, gotcha. And, uh, I, I don't have that friction there. Um, and so it's just loose. And then like, I, I can come up with like a million ideas if I have like, you know, a bunch of, I mean, if I'm, I mean, I take Adderall, I don't abuse it, but like, if I'm have Adderall and I'm drinking, then the combination is just like, um, you know, I can come up with tons and tons of ideas. Um, and I can come up with those ideas when I'm not drinking. Um, and I've had to learn how to do that. Um, but it's not the same, like it's not as fluid. Um, and, but the, the goal is to, uh, find a way to, uh, to let loose. Um, and there are ways to let loose without, you know, drinking. Um, it's just, it's just the easiest way to do it. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, because there's other ways that people get into like an altered state. Um, and then they're, you know, the results are something like, I think, okay, but praise and worship, never been a big fan of it. I've always felt like the environment that people are in, they've got like music, you know, blaring in their ears and everyone around them is having this thing. And there's usually a light show and it, it sort of like takes another element and then they'll, they will report back that they've had this spiritual experience that they were able mm -hmm. to, you know, you know, if they're usually very reserved, suddenly they're able to, you know, throw their hands up, or they're, they're singing in front of people. They're just, like, there is just a certain amount of getting sort of pulled out of your usual element mm -hmm. that can take place. And, it, you know, you sort of short circuit yourself a little bit with some sort of stimuli, like some kind of. Yeah, thing. you got to be doing something. I mean, for me, like, um, I can drink um, and write um, very loosely and just, you know, the ideas flow. Um, or, um, I can run, I can exercise. Um, and like, while I'm doing that, the ideas flow, I can paint, I can do something like, I mean, as far as like painting the house kind of thing, like, Oh, not like George mowing the lawn. Like no, 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 no. I mean like painting a wall, like, like something that I'm doing that's occupying 
where, where my mind is, is just flowing um, and can just run wild. Like uh, I can do that. Um, and I, I don't like, so, but the easiest way to do it, especially in quarantine where you, you aren't like, I'm not, I'm not traveling. I'm not thinking of stuff while I'm uh, like running after flights and, um, you know, like the chaos of travel, right? I, I like the, like the chaos of travel. I need chaos in order to write fluently, um, mm-hmm. in order, in order to come up with ideas. And if my life is boring, which it is right now, then I have to create my own chaos. And that's the danger. That's the, like, you know, and I think that, I mean, I have no idea what, what was going on with John Mulaney, but if he said that it was just the boredom, I think that's, that's what happens. It's like, you're bored, you're at home. What are you going to do? Right? Well, you can do cocaine, you can drink, you can do, I mean, shrooms and just have, have your own adventure like, at home. And right? it may seem like it's easier, I guess, probably easier and safer because you're not going to go anywhere. Right. It's not right, like exactly. he, was, he was out doing cocaine on, out in mm-hmm. front of Saturday Night Live, right? Like, it, right. So I, I guess that probably plays into it a little bit. And like for me, drinking, it's like you know, I, uh, I drank like at home, like I drank like in the neighborhood because like everybody in the neighborhood goes outside and drinks at night, um, and it's just so much, it's so much fun. And like it, it was Lab it for be, essential workers. Throwback. It was like, yeah, it was like weird if I if I didn't do that. Um, and if I wasn't drinking and like, and if I drank, I was like better around them. I was more fun to be around. Uh, they enjoyed mm-hmm. me more when I drank. Um, and, uh, so, well, I mean, do you think it's helpful to ignore that? That like, I mean, I, I feel like this is probably an unpleasant conversation for almost anyone, but is it helpful to be like, actually drinking makes you a loser when like you're like the experience that most people will have had is that like, they're funnier. People respond well. Like I think that's a temptation, but I, I I don't think that's helpful. Um, because I think you have to admit to yourself that you're giving something up. Um, you are, you are giving up, uh, something that is awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. And you've got to like come to super fun, with the sorrow. you know? Right. And, uh, and only, only if you do that, can you see the struggle as heroic? Um, cause otherwise you're just giving up like punching yourself in the face or something, right? Like it's just like a, like a, like a, like a lot of times substance abuse is spoken of as if it's just self-harm, mm-hmm. um, which it might be, it might be. Um, but like for me, it's not, I don't, I don't have a desire to, to harm myself and like, yeah, it's just a, uh, like a callback to pleasant experiences from your past or like pleasant times or yeah, like, like you said, it can get you in writing mode. Like you're not doing it to like drink yourself into a ditch. Right. The problem for me with drinking is that I don't actually enjoy uh, like a level of buzz, like of, of drunk. It's not like I'm trying to get to a level of drunk and then stay there. I enjoy the acceleration. Um, Mm -hmm. I enjoy the feeling of getting more drunk and that's what I enjoy. And, and I mean, I remember I told my therapist that and he was like, Oh God, (laughs) it's like, that's like, you know, a huge red flag. Like you shouldn't drink. Um, so, uh, cause I would love to just be able to like have two drinks or, you know, what, like whatever the magic number is that gets me to a, a point where I don't feel horrible the next day, but I'm, I'm, I have everything flowing, but right. Like that's, that'd be great. I would love, I love that fantasy, but I've, it's impossible. 
I, I, I'm not even, I'm not even chasing that uh, exact amount of, of drunkenness. I'm chasing like the, 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 like the jerk of it, like the, the acceleration. Yeah. I, I imagine it's especially difficult for not just comedians, but kind of everybody in a work from home environment, because it's really hard to go from like work and you've got your boss or your, your subordinates or your customer, like mm-hmm. somebody that, you know, you're just like ready to transition out of work mode into life mode or whatever, right. but you don't get a commute. Like you don't get to go home and change clothes. You, I mm-hmm. mean, I guess you could change clothes, but like you don't really get that transition back into life. And I think the thing that would substitute for that is, okay, the day's over, going to pour myself a drink. And like right. that becomes your commute out of work mode. And so, I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that sort of seem to be working against someone. And again, like we said, we're not trying to read John Mulaney's mind. So, using, you know, in the abstract, if you're somebody like him, you know, perhaps you've been, you've had like with the cocaine sub, which is in rehab for, perhaps it's been a positive for him. Like, yeah, so far, like, you know, uh, hitting some coke before a show, has caused him to have his best, he's had his best shows after doing that. And he's become mm-hmm. so famous and very, you know, he has an English degree. So he's definitely out earned his, his degree potential. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, like, I think that's a, I mean, that doesn't obviously change anything about the safety of using drugs or the morality or the legality or any of that, but it does make it hard to say like, okay, it's really only ever been positive. And then like, is there a tipping point where, it, you know, he's, since he's not outperforming, is he just doing it to try to recapture those feelings or is yeah, he doing, exactly. you know, does he lose control of it? Is it no longer it's leading to negative outcomes and hurting his relationships or those things? Like, you know, what's the tipping mm-hmm. point when you're like, Oh, I got to quit this. I, I think that um, the, 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 like, even if the effects have always been positive, like I'll, I'll give an, I'll, I'll give an example. Um, uh, I've, I've done LSD before and I've never had, um, a bad experience doing LSD. It's always been awesome. Um, and, uh, like, so uh, I'm glad they don't sell it like at Costco, um, you know, cause I would totally just get, get, get a bunch and do it all day. Um, the, the problem is that you and like, Gwyneth Paltrow, like all of our, all of our yeah. heroes are so are, are constantly right. telling us how great this stuff is. Yeah. Well, it's not great. Um, and I don't do it. Any, I don't do it anymore. And this is why is, is that like LSD makes you feel, um, like everything that you're thinking is profound. Um, it does not make your thoughts profound. Um, mm. and, uh, I, I, I remember like, um, like my friend Mike and I did, did, uh, a bunch of LSD and like we sat around, this is years ago and we were like, we're both comics starting out. And we're like, we're going to write so so much good stuff on this stuff, you know, and um, we had a blast, but the only thing that I had written down at the end of it was uh, mountains are just land masses that stand up for themselves, <laughs> <laughs> which is, it's just the dumbest I thing. Mean, it's like, so good. It's, it's, I don't know. I it's think funny. we can unpack that. So good. Right? We're, yeah. No, we're here. That's it. A plus. You yeah. Did it. Yeah. So, um, but, but the thing about, LSD and like, um, and like other kind of like psychedelics is that, um, everything that you think you, 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 it feels like, you know, you're just spitting wisdom, right? Like it's just the most amazing stuff in the world and that's fun. 
And if you have some sort of psychological issue where you're like super hard on yourself and you think that nothing that you say is good, then that can loosen you up and make you, you know, be like, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, but it's very, like, there, there's a big, big, big danger there um, because you will think that uh, the feeling of um, something being profound is the same thing as something being profound. And real profundity is the result of work. Um, it is, and the same is true of comedy, right? Like it's, it, it's work. It is, you write and then you edit and you edit and you edit and you say it in front of an audience and they don't like it. And so you go back to it and you edit and you edit. Like that is work. It's not something that comes as a result of, of like some substance you take. Um, and so like, yeah, you can take, co- I mean, I've never done cocaine, but like, you know, sounds like a blast and it sounds like something that, but like, I, I wonder, I wonder if uh, like, you know, it, it would be sad if John Mulaney just stopped taking it and didn't deal with the, um, the cognitive um, fallacy that like, that is that like the feeling of being on cocaine is the same as, um, is what makes him funny. Hmm. Um, and I, I, I don't think that's true. I mean, it's certainly like, I mean, I'm certainly, it, it's probably true that like his best experiences in the world, like, like his mountaintop kind of stuff has been on cocaine. Like, um, like just for, from a psychological, I mean, from a physiological standpoint, like the amount of dopamine, I'm sure, like it's just off the charts when he's, you know, doing that. But like, like as far as the work, like the, the bits that he has, the actual product, um, that wasn't the cocaine that was him working. And he is a workhorse. He is the hardest working person in comedy. Um, and, uh, it's not just like, that's a really important, I think that's a really important point. Like you don't, you don't like take a drug and then the drug plus your existing brain chemistry results in, you know, his bit about running into the, the homeless guy. Like right. you don't like that, like that did come from his like creativity. And yeah. And there's probably a hundred versions of that. Yeah. But like, while, like, I think the thought that, you know, of trying to help come to grips with the fact that you don't need like cocaine to be a comedian, we recognize that like, okay, well, whatever context that the cocaine put you in that you, this kind of came out of you, like that didn't come from like you, that can still be accomplished you know, absent a drug that's ruining your life. Like, so I think what I'm getting at is that, you know, there's people will have like at the end of the day, positive experiences, you know, doing harmful things like drugs and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think pretending that that's not the case um, is sort of naive. Like I get that you could tell a teenager that in hopes that they just never try drugs, but I don't know what happens after they do. And they have like a really good time. Um, Right. But I think pointing out that when you look back and you're, you know, again, this could be totally nothing like John Mulaney's actual experience, but when he's looking at, okay, well, how do I continue to be perform at the level I was performing and be a comedian and be, you know, John Mulaney without cocaine, you know, if he had been using it a lot as a, essentially like a performance enhancing drug, mm-hmm. I think it's just recognizing that all of the ingredients were there and like, you know, there may be some, some, um, changes he's gonna have to make to like how he prepares and this the 
um, the circumstances and stuff, but ultimately it wasn't cocaine that wrote those jokes. Like, right. And, and I mean, my guess is just that like, uh, it, t- it's, it takes a little bit more effort to, uh, to be high energy. Right. So like his, uh, and I don't know what drugs he took during, if, if, any, right. I mean, again, we're, special. we're not, but there are, but there are, disclaimer. We're not his, his most recent ever, special right? kid gorgeous. Um, uh, he was super high energy, mm-hmm. um, way more high energy than his other specials. And, you know, and like maybe that's, a lot, I just will point out. Yeah, but. Maybe that's nothing, right? Maybe because, you know, but uh, like, yeah. So he did that like, one. That's not who, Radio City Musical, right? So there was like an mm-hmm. added, I'm sure that added some element of excitement right. slash anxiety. But anyway, sorry. Mm-hmm. Well, and it was for yeah. his special, right? Like mm-hmm. he knew that was the, mm-hmm. that was going on Netflix. Right. Mm-hmm. Both nights, all three nights. How's this work? <laughs> I don't know how. Yeah. Well, they film like three nights of it and then, and then you, and you wear the same thing um, during it. And then, and then the, the, um, the company splices together. Nice. That's how we do our podcasts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have the same discussion over and over and over and over. Three straight nights, and we zip it together. So yeah. So in your case, Jeremy, like you, you just said it came back, and you stopped, and it. Mm-hmm. How? How? And maybe I'll relapse. You know, but like. Well, that's wait, what I mean. Like yeah. you're prepared. I think are you're you have to be mentally prepared, I guess, for that in some way, right? Mm-hmm. You can't fool yourself into thinking like, well, today's the day I never drink again. Because then when you do, it inevitably makes you like hate yourself more, probably. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, making a big deal out of uh, how long you've been sober is sometimes not a good idea. Um, like because then I mean, that that could be when God just cuts you down too. For being right, because prideful about well, and and it's the same thing with other kind of sins where, like porn, for example, like that there's the and this is like super super common uh, people is that like you uh, let's say you go like a long time without watching porn and then you do watch porn and it's like well, confession is Saturday. There's nothing really stopping me from just doing it. Like, until, yeah, until Saturday. Until then, <laughs> and right. the same is true of like. Uh, you know, right now I'm like a month sober. Right. But like um, people aren't going to like go back and check and see like, so I could relapse right now and it wouldn't be a huge, uh, but like that is uh, th- th- that's how bad habits get, get like get started. Sure. Um, Cause that like, that's what you're doing is you're, 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 it's not like you're getting more and more in a state of mortal sin. Like the more you do it, it's that you are making it like a permanent part of yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, a, a, yeah. Well, yeah, the, and na- I would the nails going did... in deeper, I guess. And what are you saying, Zach? Well, it's like, if you did have a relapse or somebody did have a relapse and they had a drink, it's like, well, I've already got to give back my, you know, two year pen or however that works. So I might as well like make it worth it. And then you just get like totally blasted. I mean, and it may be that some people, they really can't stop once they get started. But I imagine that there's there are going to be some segment of the population that will be like, okay, well, I had a slip up, but I know that this is this is bad for me, so I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna stop it here. And I'm gonna know that I, you know zero drinks would be great, but I did have two, but I'm not gonna have that third one because you know as as far away from stuff as I can get, the better. Mm-hmm. Like I would just think when you make it too much, 
on those like you know length of time never like it, it, i think it's too easy like you said when you fail to make it a big bath like just a huge right. like companies do this if they miss their earning targets they'll like go ahead and report every bad thing that they have happening because they know they're <laughs> right. already not gonna this like mm-hmm. might as well like empty out the skeletons because they're already right. in trouble um it's it's that in like like you said you know confession saturday so you're just going to keep drinking until you go to confession and restart and the, the problem there is again every time you do a sin you run the risk of never being sorry for it and that's right. you have to like you have to at least even just intellectually want to not sin in order to confess like mm-hmm. you don't have to you don't have to be phys- you know repulsed by something or emotionally sad or sorrowful but like on some level you have to want to not do this anymore and so right. you always run the risk of that never happening happening if you decide to do something again. So well, and also, I mean, like one of the things, I mean, you, you like you guys just asked, like, you know, knowing knowing that I might do it again, right? Well, that's that's actually the the topic. Um, uh, that was actually the question that made me first say stop thinking about yourself in the third person, because mm-hmm. like, um, like in the first place, it was at that at that wedding. Like that was the question was like, you know, I, I, like when you go to confession, you know, you're apologizing, uh, for something that, you know, you're going to do later. Um, or the, that, you know, and you, can, like, like you don't assume. know. And right. You can safely, mm-hmm. like, you can't like, like except when you can die. Yourself, <laughs> stop. Yeah. Stop thinking, stop thinking of yourself in the third person, like just resolve not to do it again. Like you don't have to like zoom out, like <laughs> just be, be you and, uh, make a firm resolution, not to do it. Um, and yeah, so like I intend not to drink again, but you know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's, that's admirable. And I, I think it, it does help because there's just, a, there's a lot of narratives about substance abuse, especially alcoholism, but then alcoholism is sort of the stand in. I didn't know this. And maybe mm-hmm. this is, I don't know that if you've gone to like meetings or stuff, but like I've have heard that at no. AA, a lot of times the alcoholism is like, isn't what they're there for. Like part of the anonymity right. is that like, it could be any number of addictions, but like it's yeah, all people go for phrases out. Yeah. Cause like that one is fairly common and like you sort of see people, you know, it starts with like, <laughs> there's, it's a lot easier to be like, yeah, I just got went in too far with alcohol than to be addicted to lots of other things that you are. I was browsing to. alcohol on my phone the other day. <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't know. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I, I think people just, like when I don't even think they speak in code. I think like, you know, if, if you're, if you struggle with something else, just go to AA and talk about that. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, and that's what I think, but there's, there's a lot of different narratives. And I mean, I guess if a certain narrative is helpful, then go for it. Like if it helps you not drink anymore, because I mean, they're, they generally promote the, like, once you've determined that you're an alcoholic like you can never ever ever you're always an alcoholic. any amount of and, and, and you can never go back to um and like my psychological thing where i want the acceleration instead of like a certain level of of tipsiness like maybe that's a psychological thing that will go away but i also know that like i would I, like the potential for me to like delude myself into thinking like maybe now it's i don't i don't have to do that mm-hmm. and then you know Right. I I think that there's a lot of ways that you can like, people can talk themselves back into their addictions. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's where I think the never again stuff is helpful. Like, I don't know, I've I've had friends who swear by that. And then I've had friends that they've gone through the programs and 
There was a New York Times article about somebody that they'd gone through the program and then ultimately they were able to like moderately return to drinking. Mm-hmm. And I think what they're basically saying is like, okay, the big book like that they follow for Alcoholics Anonymous helps people. And it, you know, I think the people that I, I know, at least a handful of people who've gotten sober and they've returned to drinking at some point, and some of them have then gone back to being sober again. Um, but some of them, they've sort of, but their basic view is that the prevailing you can never go back still needs to be like the line that's led with like that. Yeah. That pretty much does have to be the measuring stick mm-hmm. um, because there's just this tendency to talk yourselves back into it, but it's, right. I don't know, it's murky. And I, I think that there's like, I'm not a big fan of saying like there's, there's stigma around this or that, but there's, there's definitely a lack of understanding on substance issues that mm-hmm. even like you said, like him going to rehab is the sad part in everyone's mind, but well, really it was that he had, had this unhealthy you know, relationship with these substances. And then, right. you know, then it's when you try to delve into the, what leads up to that, it, I think people get, it, it becomes an uncomfortable conversation. People, cause like we said, we're trying to talk about these things hypothetically, but we still kind of feel the need to make sure it's clear. We're not, you know, <laughs> accusing John Mulaney of this, or we're not saying right. you should pray for him, but that, you know, people will, they'll try a drug or they'll have drinking or, and it will be generally positive until it's not anymore. Right. And then they can't stop it or they can or, or what have you. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it's, what do you think other than praying for them? Like what, you know, since this was all these kind of high profile cases of somebody going through a life event, whether it's getting COVID or losing a loved one mm-hmm. or going to rehab, like what, what's the, what's the best thing that could come from this? I think obviously him being healthy and having a, successful fulfilling life after this but broadly speaking mm-hmm. when these public ones happen what what well, i mean like you know more people um i think like the stigma around relapse is uh because it is embarrassing like i mean i i like tweeted today that you know that i had relapsed and um it was embarrassing to say but people you know pe- people love me for it so it's fine but like there's uh there's knowing that like it's not something that I think people like to think that like um, that somebody like used to do something and they beat it. Right. But like knowing that this is an ongoing struggle is, uh, is like, there's like, there's definitely a stigma attached to that. Um, Relapse is, is, is for sure um, stigmatized. Um, And it's not really healthy because again, like if you admit that you relapse, then um, like, I don't know. Like it's, yeah. Well, it's like, you don't want to admit it because you, there's a lot of reasons. Like one, you, you feel like you're um, not setting a good example because you relapse, mm-hmm. but then also you don't want to be thought of differently. So then you don't tell anybody and then you don't right. get any help. And you just like keep, mm-hmm. like I imagine it just makes it harder to, for the relapse to be a, a blip. Uh, if you Yeah. And it's also like, I don't like, uh, you know, I have bits about, um, like stopping, you know, drinking. And I don't want to like do those bits. I mean, well, some people, some, some comics have, have no issue like lying on stage. I feel bad when I do. Um, Like, and so if I do a bit about how I quit drinking, but like I am still drinking, I'll, I'll just feel awful. Um, So yeah, that's, it's uh, like, you don't want to do that. And, and you don't want to have secrets. Um, and uh, I mean, 
secrets are fine, but like, cause not everybody like deserves the truth, but you don't want uh, to have, especially if you're a public person, um, you don't want, um, uh, you don't want to like to have two lives. Right. So like, I don't want to have um, like my, I quit drinking. I'm a nice family guy, you know, sort of brand um, and not have also the brand of like a guy who's struggling with, you know, alcohol addiction. Right. Well, I, think that that's I, I don't, I don't like, I don't like being two people. I like having a, the, the phrase I, I heard once was uh, a, a, um, and a, a sincere and undivided self. I don't, I don't, I, I want to be one person. I don't want to be thinking about who I am in different situations. Yeah, I definitely on that. I think it's important. Cause I mean, there's just, I mean, I don't, you don't, I don't think you have to be even that public of a person, but you sort of have how you hold yourself out and then what you actually live up to. And I think it's really distressing when those like seem to diverge and yeah. yeah I mean, Anne Rand, any, any, what? I'll just say Anne Rand, uh, that was like um, one of the best things she ever said was that like self-esteem comes from living up to your values. And like, if you don't live up to your values, if you betray them, then you will hate yourself. And so yeah. like a lot, like a lot of low self people with low self-esteem are just like, just it's because they do things that they think makes them unhateable. Now, Anne Rand would be like, you know, so you can just change your values so you don't hate yourself. Um, right. But, uh, but, but I, I think there is something very, very, like very valuable in that. Well, I think a nice thing too, about having that goal is it takes a lot of the thrill out of bad stuff because you just can't quite really enjoy it as much. I don't know. I think yeah. like, I really don't, cause I mean, it's, it's really hard as Catholics because you know, the standard that we aspire to, you know, of sainthood is, um, you know, it's difficult and like we wouldn't have confession if people didn't commonly fall short of that. And so then when you are like online as Catholic or you have a podcast like we do or things like that, you know, I always do think about that. And it's, um, I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, it definitely just adds a certain level of, to think about, you know, before you do a sin or after you yeah, do it, for sure. like get your life back in order. And I don't, I mean, I think that's definitely important. And, um, you know, to yeah, me, people look up to you and yeah. Yeah. Like I would be really disturbed if I, you know, I mean, people kind of have their own version of you, but like you always kind of want to live up to people's expectation. Like not just that, but like when they factored into any kind of motivating thing or they look at you as any kind of example, you don't really want to mm -hmm. fall short of that. And when you do, which is inevitable, um, it's really distressing. At least I think so. Um, right. You know, sure. I don't usually do like stream of consciousness, but in general, <laughs> um, you know, when you examine, when I examine my conscience on those things, it is, there's an added distress of just, you know, I would hate for somebody to think like, wow, do you even believe these things you claim to believe? Mm -hmm. um, so. Yeah. Like if somebody knew that I was drinking, but like, I was not open about that or, or I was like claiming, not necessarily not being open about it, but like if I was claiming like four years today, right. And Meanwhile, I'm drinking like that would uh, like, obviously mean, and it should make a big less of me if, if I was doing that. Um, right. You know, if, if you set yourself up as being, uh, you know, 
as having some kind of virtue and you don't have it, then like it's, uh, it's just ripe for scandal. Yeah. That's why I was if like, you uh, if you don't set yourself folks. up, yeah. If what? you don't set yourself up, you know, as having that virtue, um, then maybe it's not as big of a deal. Um, like, you know, that, yeah. that, that, that people know that you have failed in that regard. Um, like, like if I got caught stealing something, like people would be like, well, that's weird. Like right. people wouldn't, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't like, I, 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 I don't think it would cause people to like have some sort of uh, like complete reassessment of who Jeremy McClellan is because like, like I've never like stealing is just like a totally unrelated to my, like who I present myself as. Um, and but like, if I were to like, you know, beat up a kid with disabilities or something like ridiculous like that, then it would be like, what? Um, or if I like abuse my kid or something, then like, that would be like, or if I cheat on my wife, right? So like, uh, th- those are all things that um, would cause people to reevaluate and, and re-narrate my career. Um, where they, like, they now have a different story about who I am and what I've like gone through and, uh, that I think you can't recover from. Um, and th- that I think is what happened with Louis CK, um, where Louis CK, uh, really? You think so? Yeah, because Louis CK presented himself and he always had the, um, the, um, the, the persona of someone who was a good person. He was a good person, but he had horrible thoughts. Right. And, um, you know, he would think about like sex and, but like, or he would have racist thoughts, but he had, he was, you know, in good with black people. Right. Um, or he had horrible thoughts about women, but he treated them well, or he had horrible mm-hmm. thoughts about his kids, but he was a good dad. Right. And so it was, it was more of like a confessional type um, person. Um, when it came out that like, he was just straight up doing that stuff. Um, right going back and hearing him talk about that kind of stuff, it's, it sounds totally different. It sounds like he's bragging um, about that. It's not confession. It's, it's just him talking about himself. Um, and like that, I think is why he hasn't really, I mean, he's recovered probably financially, but like in the eyes, I mean, he lost a lot of people with that because it caused them to reassess who he was. So like I could, do all kinds of stuff that's like illegal and people might um, like a few people might think, you know, think less of me. It wouldn't, it wouldn't make me, it wouldn't ruin my career. But if I did something like that was like, you know, that like a direct like contradiction with sort of how you hold yourself out. Right. The example that I uh, gave or that I would sometimes give people is like, if I cheat on my wife with a Muslim uh, woman, right. Mm -hmm. That would be the worst possible uh, thing that I could do because it would cause people to reassess um, my entire career. And yeah, and like why you're doing what you do. Exactly, exactly. And <laughs> I swear that that's just a <laughs> a thing my friends and I were thinking of. Uh, we were sitting around thinking about like what would what 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 would ruin me. And so I am super super strict about like you know it like avoiding any kind of like contact or anything that would, that would uh, even cause people to gossip uh, like, you know, like that. Um, right. And but, 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 but like, that's something where 
like that versus like, if I stole something, if I robbed a bank, people would be like, it's kind of weird. Jeremy robbed a bank. Um, but it wouldn't make them like reassess my entire story. Um, and so like with, with, uh, like with relapsing, you do just have to admit it. You have to go out there and, and say that you did it and, uh, talk about it. And, um, like, because you don't want to be two people, you don't want people to, uh, you want to be truthful with your audience. If, if that is a, um, a topic, uh, that your audience is, um, but are that, 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 like that you connect with your audience on. Yeah. I think that that's really valid. I mean, I always am like, well, you've got to pull the tapes because we talk about having to go to confession and needing God's mercy all the time. So, you know, if we ever mess up, like I promise you it's in, it's in there. You just maybe didn't hear it. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's tough. And I think, you know, I think about that a lot with, you know, other people that do Catholic podcasts or they, you know, they stream or they're um, on the radio or TV, like they do all that. And ultimately they're going to be held to a standard, you know, of like being a saint and, you know, statistically some of them are going to have major sins that they struggle with. And Mm -hmm. I mean, to me, I look at that and like, well, you know, that shows you they're trying, like they're, it doesn't mean they're a fraud. It means that they like they're, they know what's good and they're working towards it. And sometimes, you know, it's just a testament to how it's not easy. Um, But, you know, I could see that, you know, like when Rush Limbaugh was like, got to do his pain meds, everyone, like, I mean, I'm not a big fan of his, but um, you know, everyone was like, Oh, this, this contradicts everything. And I was like, I don't know what in his, his like (laughs) whole thing would make you think that he's immune to that. But anyway, right. Yeah. yeah, It didn't seem, yeah. I think you're right about that. Yeah. Well, this has been a really interesting conversation. I think it yeah, gives man. people a lot. Have to me think on about, again like, soon. Happily. Um, yeah. Next, next time, ne- next time I relapse. Rehab. Yeah, next time you get yeah, calls up right away. We, um, we won't. We won't talk about it. People just know that every time you come on, you've had a oopsies. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll come on like mid relapse, like yeah, that's in the moment. Yeah. And then you'll come out, we'll come out the other end with a podcast that just says a mountain is just a hill that stood up for itself. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's such a good joke. But, and I think it's important, of course, to pray for John Mulaney and then everybody Mm -hmm. um, else that's struggling with those and, you know, I mean, rehab's not free. So people that don't have access to treatment, um, all sorts of people who don't have anybody rooting for them, obviously like every public figure has come Mm -hmm. out and support John Mulaney. So you know, it's important to be praying for him and everybody. In, in Zach, if I could situation. interject along those lines right before we go, um, he, you know, we talked about him being Catholic and he does reference Catholicism and it is kind of in a jokey way. And I, I do think that he does it a little more tastefully than maybe some other like bitter former Catholics do, but there is something in there. And like, obviously we want to pray for him to get better, but like, I don't know any 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 excuse we can get to get people back in the faith would be pretty great. Yeah. So he's got to hit up the Latin mass because I I watched his kid gorgeous thing and he talked through the stuff he didn't like about going to mass and none of it would actually apply. And you were like to same, the Latin bro, mass because same. What well, was like he was talking about the the responsorial psalm and like yeah. the hymns and stuff. I'm like none of that's gonna like I promise all that's uh, just right out the window with us. So. Um, you know, perhaps, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's, you know, pray for his recovery, for his return to you know practicing the faith. Um, not that we yeah, want absolutely. there to be more competition among Catholic comedians, but <laughs> yeah, you know. right. He is at Jeremy McClellan on Twitter and, uh, where they can 
find you? Are you at jeremymcclellan.com? Yeah, it's, it's, it's just my name and on, on all of this stuff. It is one C in McClellan. Jeremy. That's thanks. right. Exactly. Thanks for coming on. And uh, thank you. We'll talk to you soon. And we, thanks for listening. And we will talk to all of you soon as well. All right. Thanks, guys. Yep. See ya.